morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening and where you're listening. Regardless, thank you for listening. The show is NXT Talk, where we talk about all things NXT 2.0. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Boris, and I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, I got a new microphone today, buddy. I hope I'm sounding crispy out there for the listeners. Also, I watched Goodfellas for the first time last night. I'm fired up, ready for this review today. Awesome. Great to hear. Well, we do have to talk about some NXT 2.0 from January the 25th, 2022. And then we are going to be going across the pond to talk about NXT UK from January the 20th, 2022. And what could be a match of the year contender already in January from NXT Red and Gold brand. Yes, definitely the match of the year in WWE so far. Best uh, WWE umbrella match that they've produced. But, I mean, the year is young, of course. But, Boris, how you doing? Allow me to break my F-word thing right off the bat and say, Boris, you motherfucking mutt! How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing fantastic. You know what? I woke up so tired today. Just exhausted. Um, you know, I, I, I've been having early morning meetings all week, last week, week before that. And I think it's just really starting to get to me. Um, but I'm trying to sleep a little more. My sleep schedule, obviously, is like just the most effed up thing in the world. But, you know, I'm managing right now. But um, I'm feeling good, man. I'm honestly feeling good. I'm pumped. You know, things are going well with work, my personal life. That's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but then, you know, with SNME stuff is going great. And then I'm really looking forward to this Saturday when me, you, and Jason Agnew get to talk about Royal Rumble at the after party. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to that. Hopefully Jason gets his sensation of taste back because you need some taste in order to watch WWE. You see? Yeah, I would say the opposite. Hopefully he doesn't get his taste buds back and he can stomach this uh, WWE show. Not but the Royal Rumble is usually a lot of fun. Glad to hear that, though, buddy. Seems like you're doing well, uh, you know, being tired aside. But, yeah, same thing. My, uh, you know, the personal life has stalled a little bit. It's the doldrums of winter. That yeah. uh, that Tinder date, I'm not sure if that one's going to go anywhere. But she's a, she's a nice gal, you know. But I, I don't know if we clicked. But, anyway, Boris, life is good. We're still hanging in there. I'm definitely very busy with work and operation sports stuff and SNME radio stuff this week. But I'm super jacked about it. Can't wait for the after party. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I gotta say, you know, on um, so so we have I have a chat with everyone just because I need to make sure that the podcasts are coming in, and if they're gonna be late, they let me know, and if I need to let them know something, I use the Facebook Messenger since obviously we're all on Facebook because the group mainly chats on the Facebook group. So I have a chat with everybody, and uh, honestly, like the, the, those East Coast dads. They kill me. They absolutely <laughs> kill me sometimes. Oh, the smack daddies. Yeah, they're good folk. Eh? It's it's a lot, a lot of fun to chat with those guys. I love their show. You know, just a nice laid back look at wrestling. It's uh, it stands out, you know, because a lot of us, us like uh, me and you are very animated, you know, and not that they not that they don't you know, have hot takes and have really good points, but they're just like laid back. They're just chill about it. It's, it's really yeah. nice. I love it. Exactly. Exactly, and uh, yeah, so on Friday, 
uh, after Rampage, after they recorded their show, they just, you know, I guess they were just chatting and they invited us to chat with them. You had to work so you couldn't make it. But I had a couple beers with them. Honestly, next thing I noticed, it was like, you know, almost two in the morning, my time. So it's probably closer to three wow. in the morning for them. And we're just still like laughing away. And it was just a good time. But uh, it just goes to show you sometimes, right? Like wrestling fans, how wrestling fans can unite, how it's wrestling of all things to put us together. But, you know, you end up finding out that you have so much more in common. And there's other people I have a lot of in, a lot in common with. Like some people like comics. Some people like to cook. Some people, you know, it's whatever. There, there's, there's just a lot more. But it's funny that it's wrestling that brought us all together. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's so nice when you actually you find your people, as it were, you know, out there in the wild, be it through wrestling or through like, uh, you know, going to comedy shows. I found a lot of friends through that or like, you know, concerts, whatever it might be. So, yeah, man, yeah. It's, it's really good. I'm glad I'm glad you got had that chance to chat with you guys. You were just zooming it, right? Just hammering yeah. beers over Zoom. Yeah, we were over Zoom. We weren't zooming it. There was no zooming of it. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair, yes. Important distinction to make there, Boris, yes. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's because, you know, I, I only have a handful of people who, if from my group of friends, who I can actually talk to wrestling about. Like, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's I don't bring it up. No point, right? Um, oh, yeah. So when I find people who I can actually talk to wrestling with, I always enjoy it. It's like comics, video games, and, and like, basically everything that i like right it's it's it, it's <laughs> all it's, those it, nerdy I, I, pursuits exactly i have to find the right people to talk to that stuff about and that's one thing i really do appreciate about you know the lady friend is that she is a huge dork probably a bigger dork than me <laughs> like she spends a good i don't want to say a good majority of her day because that just sounds horrible but there's a chunk of the day that is allotted to you know um the these uh mobile strategy games and she just loves those oh nice well that's fun man everybody has their thing like you know even if it's not a video game everybody needs their like little mini escape their little time to relax maybe it's reality tv for you or maybe it's video games or maybe it's wrestling <laughs> or maybe in your case boris it's all three yes it's funny because uh at like i don't even know it doesn't matter when it was but she sent me a message basically saying you should find this show and we can watch it together and it's a reality show, so I'm totally hyped about the fact <laughs> that I might, like, you know, bring her to the dark side. Oh, no. What, what, which, which show? What's it about? Um, There's some bad ones out there, man. It's, I don't know exactly what it's about, but it's about a club in Miami and the wackadoodle adventures that they have trying to set this club up and whatnot. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's kind of like Jersey Shore in a club kind of situation in Miami. So like Jersey Shore in Miami. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, so we'll see exactly what's going on with that. But I have a story for Bam that's, uh, should I say it in Miami? Yeah, we'll, we'll wait for Bam for that story. We'll wait for Bam for that story. But uh, yeah, outside of that, man, everything is going really well. It's Canon Podcast has been going really well. We're actually planning a bunch of episodes uh, to pre-record. Just so that we can have them, so that we can take like you know one week a month off, and record yeah. three live episodes. 
That makes a lot of sense, man. Good for you guys. You gotta, you gotta kind of plan that out. I think uh, you and I will be like here and there, just taking breaks, stepping away from the show. I think Bam will try to always do together because it's Boris and Matt. But we might see some guest hosts on NXT Talk. We might even see some three-man, four-man panels. Boris, the world is our oyster here in 2022. Exactly, and it's honestly, it just comes down to people have lives right and and sometimes you know i like for example last week and this week you're manning the analysis of most of the shows right sometimes i just need a break and 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 i appreciate the fact that people are very willing to step up so thank you to anyone who sent the message including the non-podcast hosts like thanks to everyone um you know we it's it's any help is great we'll never say no but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's finding something that people can do, right? But no, it's it's been fun. But yeah, dude, it's it looks so nice outside. I'm staring at my window, and it looks so nice. But I know as soon as I step out there, I'm yeah. just gonna freeze. It's bitter. It's like minus fourteen, I believe, right now in Toronto uh, Celsius, of course. But yeah, that's still cold, man. It's nothing to uh, nothing to sneeze at outside. It definitely looks better than it is. It, good from fire, far from good. Yeah, exactly, exactly, but uh, yeah, anyways, how are you, how else is going on in the life of Mateo? Oh yeah, man, Uh, you know, just like I said, like very, very busy, I just cranked out an Operation Sports video, so you can check that out, WWE 2K22 talk is heating up, so yeah, I've been We've been researching that and working on that. Actually, Brian Mazik of Operation Sports had an awesome uh, sit-down interview with a couple of the developers. You should check that out. I posted it in the Facebook group about a week ago, I think. But yeah, slugging away there. And uh, yeah, man, you know, it's. Uh, I feel like I'm, I've slightly missed out on cuffing season this year, but that's okay. It'll be a hot boy spring, Boris. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> You have gotten me a couple times this morning already. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, I'm fired up. I got this Pesci in me right now. I was actually born in New Jersey, too, so I feel like I got a little Pesci blood flowing through my veins. Actually, I'm let's sure hope you... not. But I was going <laughs> yeah, <gonna> to say, <laughs> anywho, let's get to business. But before we get to business, Matt, we have one very important thing to take care of, and that is our weekly rating, because as the Young Guns, we're done with star ratings. They love to have a rating system de jour each and every week, something that kind of reflects what we watched that week. It changes every week, so we will rate each match out of five something. Matt, what is that something this week? Oh, I think it's got to be five Ollie J's out of five. I think Ollie J was the clear takeaway of this episode for a couple of reasons, Boris. A couple of reasons, indeed. Anyways, Matt, have fun with it. <laughs> We're working blue here already. Okay. So uh, NXT 2.0 TV from January 25th, 2022. The show opens with Nash Carter and Wesley MSK hanging out in front of the Dusty Cup, Boris. Wes goes to touch it, but Nash tells him not to touch it because, quote, we all know that bad things happen when you touch the cup. You know, what's funny is that I laughed my ass off for a second time after hearing this joke, but Skype decided to take a fart, and we both got disconnected, <laughs> and I just can't recreate the laugh that I had. So everyone listening, just imagine me laughing. You all know how I sound laughing, and we're <laughs> back. Go ahead, Matt. 
All right, well, let's get right into the action, much like NXT did tonight or last night. Boris, tag team match, men's Dusty Rhodes Classic, round one, jacket time, Ikamajiro and Kushida versus MSK, Nash Carter and Wesley. This was an awesome little match, all action, not a ton of story to it, but it was a lot of fun, just spot, 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 spot. Um, I, I guess Ikamajiro is using Trent Beretta's crunchy pile driver thing now. I don't think I've ever really seen that in WWE before, so that's interesting. Good use. Good shout by uh, Ikamajiro there. Uh, MSK is doing a new move where they catch a guy doing a tope suicida in the middle of the ropes. Nash Carter catches him, delivers a stunner, and holds him there, and then Wesley hits him with a sidekick to the head. It's, it's a really cool move. Kind of reminds me of the Young Bucks move, where Matt Jackson, Matt Jackson gives a guy a buckle bomb, and then Nick Jackson comes in with that sidekick to the head there. It's kind of the same idea. Anyway, MSK's working on it. They're, they're coming up with, even, with new moves even still. I love the finish of this match as well, Boris. Uh, so what happened is the hot fire flame, which is the... Uh, the moonsault, the pushing moonsault. Nash Carter goes to hit that. Kushida reverses the hot fire flame into a Kimura. And uh, he's got the hoverboard lock on. He scales Nash Carter like a panda bear. Nash Carter makes the blind tag. And Wesley hits the top rope and comes off with the finisher, the 180 blockbuster for the 1-2-3. So basically, MSK reversed Kushida's finisher into their own finisher. Awesome little finish to a really good tag team match here, buddy. Agreed. No, this match was great. I really enjoyed it. It was very fast-paced. The crowd was into every little thing. And I know we've been talking about the crowds a lot lately, but I need to highlight it. Like, the NXT crowds have been so hot as of late that even less attractive matches, you know, of the toxic kind, seem better than they should be. Yes, I could say definitely that Jacket Time is a toxic group, and they're not very attractive to me, unfortunately. But this match was very, very good. MSK again win in 11 minutes and 45 seconds. We're going to go as high as three and three-quarter Ollie J's for this one. 75%, B-plus, tip of the cap to you lads. Very good wrestling match here. Right, okay. I have a question for you about Jacket Time. If Jacket Time had zero promos weren't portrayed as such dorks, as such stereotypical slash racist characters, would they bother you as much? Well, of course not. Of course not. I love their in-ring work, both of them, even even Ikeman, but obviously Kushida. Kushida's literally one of the best wrestlers in the entire company. So of course not. It's all in their presentation. That's why yeah. I dislike this group. Yeah, exactly. But that I just you know that's what I wanted to highlight, right? Like if they yes. didn't do any stupid promos just did what they did last night. I think they would be in a much better position. Oh, yeah. It's hard to argue that, but that's not what we're going to get in NXT 2.0, buddy. No, of course We're going to get wacky storytelling, such as Io Shirai and Zoe Stark backstage. I actually like the first part of this. Zoe tells Io that she won't heal up in time for the Dusty Female Cup and to find a new partner. But Io is hesitant. Io does not want to find a new partner. And it appears, Boris, that young Zoe Stark is growing on the grumpy Io Shirai. And then Tiffany Stratton came out and made fun of Zoe's clothes. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> the important part here wasn't uh, Zia's stateside. It was <laughs> the whole, isn't it weird that they have two odd couple, can they coexist tag teams in the women's division right now? It is weird. And I do feel like that's why they're making EO and Zoe friends now. 
because that's okay. too much. It's the same. It's the same story. And I think they want to tell it with Cora and Raquel because this is still left over from the black and gold NXT. So I yes. think if these two are sticking together, they're just going to be a normal friend based tag team. But I actually think we'll get into this later in EO's match that she might not be long for NXT, Boris. I agree. I agree 100%. Let's move on. So, so yeah, this was good, though, until Zaya Stateside showed up, like you said. Cameron Grimes pre-taped promo. Tony D, I'm going to drop you off in Little Italy. That was the highlight of this. To the moon, etc. You've seen this thing before, Boris, but it was very good. Hey, Cameron Grimes always delivers in everything he does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, Trick Williams, and Ollie J arrive in a fancy SUV. Believe me, this was notable. It was notable, all right? Holy crap. <laughs> Anyways, can I take over for the next segment? <laughs> I, I'm begging you to, buddy. Legato del Fantasma. Please, don't let me pronounce these names. Go for it, buddy. It's all you. <laughs> the highlight of NXT 2.0. The highlight of wrestling week for me. Better than Andrade El Idolo. Santos Escobar was in the ring with the rest of Legado del Fantasma. Escobar talked about... Braun Breaker's opponents taking the low-hanging fruit approach towards feuding with Braun Breaker with not one, but two Ks. Escobar said they mock Breaker's family and mock his poor Steiner math skills. He said people also keep hyping Breaker with two Ks as a huge future star both today and in the future. Escobar said he's real. That was a trait he got from his father, El Fantasma. Escobar talked about also bring, uh, being from a famous wrestling family and Breaker doesn't intimidate him. I love, I'm going to take a break right there, but I love the fact that not only is Santos Escobar kind of having this, uh, you know, the, 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 these words against Breaker with two Ks, but he's also highlighting his history, giving us more of his backstory, kind of making him a legit contender for the championship. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know his history as as WWE fans because obviously El Fantasma was never in WWE. So it's very important that he does that. He tells us how important his heritage, his lineage is. So I loved it. I love this promo. Keep going, buddy. You're putting my review to shame here. All right. So Escobar said he doesn't like Breaker and he despises Breaker. He said he despises how fast Breaker with two Ks got here, how he got all those opportunities and how he won the NXT title before himself. Santos Escobar. He said Breaker with two Ks makes him sick. Breaker with two Ks made his entrance and cut off Escobar's promo. And I'm done with this. You can take the rest. Yeah, well, it, it was basically Braun Breaker being scary, yelling things, and uh, I, I, I love Braun Breaker here. He, he took out uh, Raul and Joaquin as uh, Santos kind of skulked up the took ramp. Out. He attacked them for no reason. <laughs> they were trying to leave the ring. They turned around, and he attacked them. <laughs> Some may say a sneak attack by the evil Braun Breaker, sneak attacking these heels one-on-two, as you do. But, uh, yeah, it looks like we're setting up uh, a 3v uh, Braun and Co match. It's going to be Legato del Fantasma versus Braun Breaker and whatever partner he can find. And it also looks like Braun versus Santos at NXT Vengeance Day, Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, Boris. Yeah. I gotta say, like, you know, all joking aside about my love and my Markism for Santos Escobar, he did a great job here. Like I said, he talked about his family, talked about his backstory, but he also, like, he, he did shitbag heel stuff, but also was tough about it, right? Like when he said, we're going to do things on my time 
You know, I really yeah. enjoyed that aspect of this promo. And I think Braun Breaker, like, he's a Steiner. He promos like his uncle. But it's effective because they're keeping it short. They're keeping it to the point. Yeah. And, you know, let them attack poor Latinos for no reason. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that last part. But uh, I'm with you. Uh, I'm with you until the end there. I, I, you got to keep uh, Breaker short and sweet, just like Scott was most effective. And that, that he's most effective that way. And it's working. Kicking ass. Nothing wrong what with I Braun Breaker. Absolutely insane, Matt. Is this is this company. This is what frustrates me about WWE. I'm not trying to be negative. This is like a legit like thing that like I just don't understand. How is it that they can book someone like Braun Breaker so well? Knowing his faults and hiding them, highlighting what he's good at, and other people, it's just like the exact opposite. It's like they literally throw everything at you without any caution to the win. The short answer is because they want to, because they're trying, you know, because they, they actually like believe in Braun Breaker and they want him to succeed. But, but also, here's the thing it's that, almost impossible here's the thing to that screw up Braun me, though, Breaker. And every wrestling company, every company is, is does this, including... The the anyways, um, is that like you said, because they want to, then why the fuck would they sign them if they don't believe in them, if they don't think that they're going to do well, if they don't, if they, if they're not in, uh, planning to invest on you and make you into even a mid card star, what is the point, Matt? That's a interesting question, but I would say a lot of it is once the talent gets there, getting to know them, getting to know their style, seeing how they mesh with people backstage is a big uh, part of it. And like, not everyone's Michael Jordan, man. There's talent discrepancies. Of course, you know what I mean. And that's yeah, a big exactly. part of it too. And this is something that every company does. I have a long list of people that are on dark that have no place to be in dark. Yeah. Of course, and yeah, AEW is bloated, but you can say this about literally every company. We every watch company. NWA, we watch NWA, and we complain that Colby Carino is not the NWA champion all the time because he's very talented and a young star, very exciting. He should be the focus of NWA. We used to say this about uh, Doc Draper on Ring of Honor and, and certain things, certain places. You know, everyone has their one or two guys that they aren't using correctly. Unfortunately, some companies have 20 to 50 guys who they are using correctly. Yeah, that, exactly. It's just something that's been not even bothering me, but, like, I guess you brought up a great point when you said the whole, once they're signed, they actually see what they're getting, right? Yeah. that's the, that's It's like a sports team. It's like it's any other job, man. It's You're part of a workforce, for better or for worse, and, you you know, you're part of a staff, and uh, you're going to mess yeah. in there. And, and I guess you're right, because, like, I'm a boss where I work, right? And if I know someone kind of like you know they might come to my team and they might be useless as tits on a bull uh, so you know i kind of not cast them to the side but i don't give them the important stuff i don't give them the big stuff i kind of you know let them do their own thing yeah and i'm sure on their podcast they're bitching that you're not pushing them hard enough for us <laughs> yeah well i'm the cody Rhodes of my company so <laughs> Are you saying that there's adrenaline in your soul? All right, moving on. We get a Boa Solo Sokoa pre-taped video. The confusing and strange history of Boa, the new fiend possessed by an evil spirit, Boris. We see the fireball angle, which we just missed a couple weeks ago. Shout out to the Smack Daddies, the East Coast patriarchy for uh, stepping up on uh, that show. 
But yeah, so Solo Sokoa is wrestling tonight's match with the burn makeup on, and uh, he mad. This is a blood feud, Boris. Okay, so last week we were making fun of the fact that uh, Sokoa was going to be beautifully healed. It's as if nothing happened. So kudos to the Glam Squad for adding that scar. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect it. Uh, well, obviously, we made fun of the fact that we didn't expect it. So we were wrong. I'll take that L. Good work on your uh, makeup team for sure. So yeah, this but led even to the as balls. we take the L, we still make fun of the fact that they use the glam squad for it. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, of course, this leads us to the Falls Count Anywhere match. Basically, a hardcore match from 1998. Boris Boa versus Solo Sokoa. They. Uh, uh, Boa jumps Sokoa during his entrance. The fight just starts from there. They go over the sound stage throughout the building, all the way through the backstage area. They fight uh, back into the arena, of course. Lots of weapons. You've seen this match a hundred times. It was a good smoke and mirror situation. It was not anywhere near the B-Fab versus Electra Lopez hardcore match, for example. This is actually a, a really fun match. I would say probably the best and most memorable match that either guy has had to this point in their career. Exactly. Honestly, I love the fact because, like, my initial thought was this is watching a Steve Blackman match yeah. from Raw, however many years ago that was. Exactly right. This was Road Dog versus Al Snow. It wasn't even that good, but it was it was like a poor man's Road Dog versus Al Snow, which I swear I mean is a compliment. I, I really do. <laughs> I love it. But uh, Solo Sokoa pins Boa with a Samoan splash through a table uh, from the inside of the ring to the outside. That was actually a brutal spot. Looked like it hurt Boa a lot. But that went, ma yeah, sorry, that match went eight minutes, 19 seconds. All things considered, I thought it was a pretty good little garbage plunder match, buddy. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was effective. Hopefully, this is the end of this feud because, you know, I still am convinced that they are going to strap the rocket to Sokoa and, you know, he's just going to take off. I think Literally, he's gonna, take off from NXT. Yes, exactly. Well put, buddy. I think he's going to be on the main roster soon after WrestleMania. He's going to get a quick call up. Yeah. If oh, So we're yeah, going to... Anyways. <laughs> We're going to go three Ollie J's out of five for that one. Above the Madcap Moss line, 60%. It's a C in Canada. Good work. Next up, we had an Imperium backstage promo. Walter is officially Gunther. This is where they explained it, Boris. They explained that Imperium are closing the door on the past. They're ushering in a new age, a new era. This change is symbolic of that shift. It is a, a new era in WWE, a disputed era, if you will. <laughs> I uh good one. <laughs> thanks, buddy. I don't love the change here. I, I obviously nobody is excited about Gunther, but at least he's no longer named after a literal Nazi. They explained why he did this, and I'm okay with it. It's fine. Walter is so good in the ring that it doesn't matter what they call him. He'll be fine. And he's going to the main roster. He's gonna be in the in the Royal Rumble. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's almost a guarantee at this point. And Honestly, wrestling fans, I love wrestling fans. I love wrestling fans so much. It's like, you know, yeah, the name is one thing. The presentation is another thing. I know that we're so used to something like a Walter. But like I said last week, you know, WWE wants to own everything about the performer. They want to copyright everything they can. And they kind of want to e eliminate the past of certain performers, right? Whatever. It is what it is. And I, 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 I say that a lot, but in this case... That's exactly what it is. It's what it is. It is what it is. What it is. <laughs> it is. Nothing more. 
And it is nothing more. It's nothing more. And you know what? If this is honestly going to make you not like the performer because of their name, you got to get yourself checked. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, don't let this ru- – if he was named after a literal Nazi, don't get me wrong. That That's one thing. It. But I think – That's one thing. Yes. But but they were smart enough to drop that. I I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't realize that was an actual Nazi name for the simple reason that if I didn't give them the benefit of the doubt, I'd pretty much have to stop watching this company. Let right? me tell you so something, I think we're all giving them Matt. the benefit of the doubt on that one. Let me tell you something about people who who sign who make these uh, trademarks. It's not your, it's not your director of legal. It is not your 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 chief legal counsel. It is <laughs> intern Jane. Joe. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> I was gonna say intern Jane. <laughs> it's probably I don't know not why. Anyways, Jane. it's intern Joe, intern Jane, who are doing this right. They might not have the work experience and the forethought. To run Google searches on this stuff. Yeah, but it's just like a basic, easy thing. We said the same thing about Tony D'Angelo, man, who's kind of a like chagrined and maligned NHL player. He's already a professional athlete and one who has said racist shit and been hated on top of that. So Tony D'Angelo is a terrible name, too. They have a history of just giving terrible names. But, I mean, it is what it is. At least they corrected that mistake. And now he's Gunther instead of Walter. And all this means is that in three years when he leaves WWE and is having awesome matches on the indies, he can go back to being Walter and it'll be this nice cathartic thing. So that's fine. Let's do it. Match number three, Boris, Duke Hudson versus Guru Raj. So they're keeping the poker playing gimmick, the weird lounge uh, like theme song, the weird like Michael Buble heel theme song for this character for now. But he's no longer like suave. He's just pretty angry, ass-kicking heel. Yeah, I like it. I like this change, right? Like it's kind of good to see that, uh, you know, for one reason or another – Maybe because he didn't like it. Maybe because the powers that be didn't like it. But they're kind of evolving the character already, and hopefully, like you know, it continues this 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 evolution of it. Uh, because, like you said, his, his the theme song and his new character like just do not mix at all. No, sir, not at all. But that that's fine. Uh, at least for now, it's okay. Uh, Duke Hudson beats the shit out of this man. Wins with a running razor's edge in a minute seven. Great finish. Good little squash. We're going to go three Ollie J's out of five for this one as well. I got just as much out of this as I did out of the hardcore match. Yep, exactly. Santos Escobar promo once more backstage. They really trust this guy, man. They know he's excellent on the microphone, and they're giving him a lot of time to speak. So it's officially Braun and any partner or partners he can find versus Legato next week. Yep, this is great. And again, like, you know, I love the amount of mic time that they give Santos Escobar. Like you said, they clearly trust him. They know he can put over a program. But it pains me, man, knowing that he's going to take the big L in this in this uh, program. Oh, yeah. It is what it is. I mean, we've said that a bunch of times. We, we can't name our podcast this again. But, yeah, man, Santos is positioned in that slot. He's an upper mid-card heel that guy is going to lose to the stars. He's a jobber to the stars. It's better than being a jobber. They obviously trust him, man. Watch the show and tell me they don't trust Santos Escobar. Yeah, exactly. You know, then that's the thing, right? Like, he gets a lot of airtime. He gets a lot of promo time. And that's something to be said 
in this NXT 2.0 era where a lot of these people are still kind of crafting their art in, in terms of talking. Yes. Speaking of, I think that's the only reason that Kaylee Ray is even close to NXT at this point. We have match number four, a trios match. Indy Hartwell, Kaylee Ray, and Persia Piranha versus Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose. Tell me why Kaylee Ray is in this match. Tell me why she's even close to this promotion. Like, she's so good in the ring. I think her character's there already. She has no business in NXT. We say this about a lot of people, Cameron Grimes chiefly, but Kaylee Ray has no business in NXT. She needs to be in the Royal Rumble. She needs to be on the main roster. This is a waste of her time and talents. I Obviously, uh, someone needs to teach the Gigi Dolans and the JC Janes, but man, Kaylee Ray needs to be on the main roster having good matches with Charlotte and Becky Lynch and making some money. Yeah. You know, I agree with you 100%, but like, you know, I think that there's obviously a mandate within WWE where if you're coming from NXT UK, you have to at least make a quick pit stop in NXT stateside because, again, she has no reason to be on this show outside of maybe character talking and that's and and, and i'm really we're, we're we're really looking for something to be picky on with her right but what can you do it's not even that i'm saying she doesn't need work and she couldn't use the character work and the promo time and stuff but you're gonna tell me that the dana brooks of the world are better promos than Dude, Kaylee Ray. dana you know? brooke clearly has something against someone for her <laughs> a to still be on the main roster and for her to even be employed at this point. And man, Vince McMahon loves her. It, it, it's it, it's it, she, it's one of those things. Like he's she's the new JTG. She's yeah. you know, she's that's what it is. Uh so yeah, this this trios match, the NXT women's tag team champions, Boris, God bless them. They're still pretty limited in the ring. And you you are a Gigi Dolan, shall I say, truther, apologist. You go to apologist. bat for Gigi. So tell tell me what I'm missing about Gigi, because she's not looking good in NXT. No, she's not. I, I I I'm I'm saying that she's not. But in this match, she looked a little more comfortable. Look, I've seen her in, in 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 stardom. I've seen her in the indies. She's a much better performer. So I think she's, and like I told you and texted you last night as this match was going on, I think there's something within the system that just isn't sticking with her. They're, maybe they've tried to change her style too much. Maybe she's overthinking herself. I don't know what it is, but she's just not looking that good in the ring right now. And and I know as a fact that she's a lot better than what she's giving us. Nice. I haven't seen much of Gigi outside of NXT, so I don't know. There there just hasn't been much to be impressed about. Yeah, I agree yeah, the, that. Like, Gigi, if all you know, you know is... If you, if you don't even know Pris Priscilla Kelly and all you know is Gigi Dolan, oh, God. Oh, God, I'm sorry. But, you know, it's frustrating to see, right? And this is where you really see what WWE does to a performer. You know, someone like a Steve Macklin just killing it on Impact yeah. right now, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, some people just, you know, they, like you said, they just don't click with the system, with the mandate, with the specific type of work and style of work that they want in WWE. So Also... May I say two things about this match? Number one, uh, Persia Perota, number one, absolutely, absolutely improved. Number two, oh, she's yeah. going to be the next Raquel Gonzalez when Raquel Gonzalez goes to the main roster. 
Big time. You can tell that they're already uh, positioning Persia Parata to be a heel. That's going to be a big turn. That she's going to, you know, be the Shawn Michaels and throw Indy Hartwell through the barbershop window pretty soon. That'll be a fun feud throughout the summer and fall, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, man, I, I agree with you. Persia Parata is she's going to be a star. She's going to get a push. Exactly. And even Indy Hartwell, like her in ring has improved a lot. Her character work really impresses me all the time. I think Indy is pretty excellent on the microphone. She's like a, a noticeably better actress or a, a actor in general than most of the women or men on this show. Noticeably better. She's top three or five for sure. And it's the subtle stuff that she does, right? There's, there's always something to be said about the subtlety in the character work, right? Like after the match, when she looks at a ring, she kisses it and she, you know, allows Parada to kiss it as well. It's those small things that just like make me appreciate uh, the 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 Indy Hartwell as a performer so much. Yes, having said all that, this match it was it was your standard average WWE uh, six woman tag affair. Persia pins Gigi Dolan with her sit out F five in thirteen minutes and fifty eight seconds. Boris, we're going right on that Mendoza line, that Madcap Moss line. It's two and a half Ollie J's out of five. Yep, can't can't argue there. All right, backstage promo with uh, the underdog team, the Cinderella squad, Edris Anofe and Malik Blade. This kind of made them both look like geeks. And I say that <laughs> um, only because they beat Legado last week. <laughs> so if they win, Edris is going to ask out Mandy Rose, and Malik topped him by saying he's going to ask out Gigi and JC. So uh, cool. Uh, God bless this new wwe all, all right here's here's a segment where the dialogue sucked but i still liked the performances i, I couldn't tell you this was like well done because objectively the script writing in this and, and the dialogue they had to recite was so awful but this was raquel gonzalez lifting weights in the pc out comes cora jade she tries to impress Raquel by lifting the same amount of weight that uh, Raquel did. Obviously, that was a giant disaster. Cora can't do that. But Cora asks what she has to do to win Raquel over. Raquel says, no, it's not happening, Chiquita. So Cora goes to slap Raquel. Raquel blocks the slap and stares her down. They're about to come to blows, but the, uh, the rank and file of the PC come and break this up. And we have a match next week. Cora Jade versus Raquel Gonzalez. Man. I got to say, like you said, the script writing, absolutely horrible. This is how you know that whomever writes the scripts, number one, doesn't hang out with women. Number two, can't speak like normal humans. Yes, like doesn't hang out with humans, let alone women. Like hasn't yeah. had a human conversation since 2017. But uh, yeah, but weird, weird dialogue. But I actually like Cora Jade is super likable. And Raquel Gonzalez <laughs> has that badass vibe. She's likable too. Like they, oh. these performers you can tell have something but they're just shackled by this terrible script yeah honestly cora jade just how can you not like her performance and her via these performances like her playing this annoying little brat little sister who just won't leave you alone who wants to get what she wants right it's just it's just been so funny and then you have raquel gonzalez who is just like she's turned into this like badass like this absolute texan badass in American yeah, badass. That's her character. Her character yeah. is Undertaker 2000, 2001. Yeah. She's she's about to squash DDP and ruin his career. That's Raquel Gonzalez's character. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, moving on, buddy. Match number five. The first appearance in ring, I believe, of Bodie Hayward with Andre Chase. Chase University versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. The final round one match of the men's Dusty Classic 2022. So I kind of feel bad for Bodie here. Fucked up his first spot a little bit. That uh, slingshot sunset flip kind of screwed that up and immediately tagged out. So I was like, oh, he's 0 for 1. That's no good. But he, he came in. He, he showed up. He showed out. He was no he was no Brooks Jensen. He's, he's, pretty, he's pretty all right. He's got the wacky Dr. Death style run in place and then do a big splash spot, which it's, it's pretty hokey. But you know what? The people got behind it, man. I got to give credit where it's due. Dude. The crowd was behind almost everything he did, like those those weird splashes that he did. Yeah. Honestly reminded me of like, you know, uh the people's elbow, the worm, one of those types of moves. Wait, the reaction was just crazy. Like Andre Chase and and uh Bodie. They're Bodie so over. It's not even funny. Like with this with this NXT crowd. And I think that's obviously gonna help them kind of with the T V viewing crowd. But the crowd in the performance center is just so behind these two guys. It's it's insane. I love it. I love to see it. You know what's funny is I saw you post that in the group, and I, I hear you making this point. I 1 million percent agree. And I think the barometer sometimes is if a casual fan can pick up on it. And my roommate, Fleetwood Brown, who does not watch uh, wrestling really at all, except for when I watch it. He watched it a little bit as a kid and played like one of the video games. So he loves Rey Mysterio. That's all he knows about wrestling. And, uh, and Hook. this guy was like, hey, he was the I original Hook, Hook truther. He was the original, literally the first one that I knew that like singled out Hook and was like, I love this kid, was Fleetwood. Honestly, he was first on that Hook bandwagon. I'm not lying about that. But yeah, so my, my point in bringing that all up is he was watching this match and he was like, man, why is this Chase University guy so popular? Like, why why do the fans love this guy so much? And I, I, I actually, he, he referenced the t-shirts where I had to explain, like, those were plants. The the A lot of the fans wearing t-shirts in the uh, audience are at least planted or, like, that, that whole Chase U section. That's largely wrestlers, right? But uh, anyway... The, that, that's not to take away their po- popularity. Puzzlingly popular, like shockingly popular, Chase University is. They are over. Yeah, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, um, which is good, right? Like, it's it's good to see. But, and again, it just goes to show you that, like, you never know which acts are going to get over. No, you never know, and you never know why they are over, even when they are over, because it's kind of puzzling, uh, this group. But, yeah, so... Bodie and Chase probably take, what, 85, 90% of this match, and then Grizzled Young Veterans win with a double code breaker, not the typical GYV finisher. They might have changed that slightly on the fly there. It's a double code breaker now. Yeah, I wonder why. It makes me wonder what happened or if they're just trying new stuff. Yeah, same. But, uh, yeah, average WWE match. Again, we're going to go Madcap Moss line, Mendoza line, two and a half Ollie J's out of five. Yep, that sounds about a fair score for this match. I don't think it was any worse, any better. Let's keep the ball rolling, Matt. Yes, sir. So post-match, buddy, Von Wagner shows up, beats the absolute piss out of Bodie and Chase, clowns these fools around. Robert Stone, behind him, declares into the camera forcefully, not as a joke, not as a goofball, but as a real legitimate manager, that Von Wagner has been reinstated and he is under new management. Boris, I love this. We've been saying for months, Robert 
Stone is really, really good, very talented, but he's just always a goof, always on 11. If he could just mix in a little more seriousness, a little more Bobby the Brain, he'd be he'd be great. And uh, yeah, he needs a little more brain, a little less weasel suit. And this was brain. This was great stuff. I would have said a little more brain, a little less Johnny Polo. Yeah, there you go. I'm for it. I love where your head's at. So yeah, Von Wagner officially under Robert Stone's management. I like it. I think this is a great pairing. Look, Von Wagner has the size. He's got a look. He's got a forehead for sure. But he can be intimidating in the ring, right? Now let's 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 pair him up with someone who can do all the talking for him. And if Robert Stone can keep this at a at a comfortable six seven, I'll be very happy. Million percent, buddy. That's like, and you can turn it up to ten or eleven. But if you're always at ten or eleven, you're just tiresome it just becomes yeah. a lot you know exactly you know and, and i think a perfect example of this is a trick williams right yeah trick williams is awesome but he's not always screaming at the top of his lungs sometimes he's subtle sometimes he's like sometimes he's reacting to the back row but sometimes you know he's he's like reserved and he builds up to a crescendo so yeah trick williams gets it for sure yep. speaking of people who get it buddy grayson waller pre-tape promo with Sanga, the secret service as he is being called a really good promo from grayson waller here's a hot take a hot little internet take for you boris grayson waller is the best heel in all of wwe there i said it um i'm for it i like it and like i've said you know what i appreciate about grayson waller is the fact that he wants to be heel he's not trying to be a cool heel he's not trying to be the NWO, he wants the booze and he strives with the booze. So that's the one thing I for sure appreciate about him. And anything he's done has just gotten damn, damn tons of heat. Fun fact. What's his uh, bodyguard's name? Sanga? Sanga. Now, uh, I was reading that this is apparently also, and th this is WWE in a nutshell, right? Like, they don't check this stuff. Sanga, or this might be their intention, Sanga is apparently a, um, a, 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 a way in Australia to call a sandwich. So he is <laughs> Grayson Waller's sandwich, Sanga. I see. Uh, oh. But you see okay, what I mean? I, I, like, I, this is WWE, <laughs> right? Yeah, you pair an Australian with a guy, call him Sanga. How is no one not going to say something? Like what? 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 Unless this is the absolute intention to call him a sandwich, you know, <laughs> sandwich Waller. I have, I have no idea, buddy. I, 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 I don't even know where to begin on that. At least he's not a Nazi. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, there was a WWE 2K22 uh, trailer here, so you know, OperationSports.com. Check it out, boys. Um, match number six. Io Shirai versus Tiffany Stratton. Kind of came out of nowhere, throwing this one on the show. I actually didn't hate it. I thought it was a pretty strong performance by Tiffany considering where she was at last time we saw her. I thought her spots looked good. The handspring stinger splash thing, which I'm heretofore calling the handspringer splash, that looked way better this week than it did the first time. I thought this uh, a good accounting by Tiffany Stratton, and EO is one of the best female wrestlers alive. Number one, we both said this on the thread last night on the Facebook chat, and that was... Best entrances, music for both of these ladies. Eos has that yes. banger. And then Tiffany Stratton's song sounds like it's out of Clueless, the TV show, not the movie. Secondly, Zaya Stateside, much better performance than her first time out. Number three, Eos' face of absolute disgust. 
like just absolute hate like what the fuck am i watching was that shoot or was that planned <laughs> yeah i think that i was i i definitely think that was her being in character i don't yeah, think they said hey but, when she comes out look at her like she's a goofball idiot but i think eo just understands her character and kind of probably felt that way a little bit in her heart yeah, that's, but that's I, what I I mean. that, was, that was just awesome character work by eo in my opinion yeah, it was great. But again, you know, for a what four minute, fifteen second match, it it this wasn't bad. Yes, EO pins Tiffany with the moon Sorry. over moon salt in four minutes twenty seconds. Yolo blaze it. Please continue, Boris. He, listening to Wade Barrett saying "daddy" was cringe and awkward <laughs> on so many levels. I'm glad you took the time to interrupt me to bring that up. No, I'm just kidding. Please make your points, buddy. That is uh, very, very important to note. Cringe indeed it was. I don't need to hear Wade Barrett say anything like that ever again. But yeah, so this was uh, actually a kind of strong match. It, it impressed me. Uh, Tiffany impressed me. EO always impresses me. So maybe I'm being generous, but we're going to go three Ollie J's out of five above the Mad Cat Moss line for this one. Good showing by EO. Good showing by Tiff. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. All right, here we go. Find this one on Twitter or Facebook if you haven't seen it yet. Malcolm Bivens promo. My goodness. He says Gunther is a stupid name. He doesn't care about his grandpa. He doesn't care about Imperium's legacy. Roderick Strong is going to chop Gunther down like the big, dumb Austrian tree he is. Then the Creed brothers and Roderick Strong speak. It's way less entertaining. Great work by Malcolm Bivens yet again. My favorite line was when he's like, you know, Gunther is an awful name and your parents should have called you dumbass. <laughs> little red foreman line i like a little von wagner line there i like it a lot great promo by malcolm bivens i'm excited for this feud imperium versus the diamond mine yep and i love the fact that like you have the guys in the background and then there's malcolm bivens and i know they do this because of sizes but you have ivy nile right beside him there's just something about featuring ivy nile that i'm like you know the company is thinking a lot about her yes here's my question are we going to see Ginny come over and join Imperium? Or oh. or or Imperium get a, a female performer of some kind? I hope it's Ginny, but... Tiffany Stratton. Let's add Tiffany Stratton to, <laughs> to Imperium. <laughs> the, 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 the performer that would Guther make the daddy. least amount of sense. Oh, my God. It would make the least amount of sense in all of the promotion to put Tiffany Stratton, I think, in that group. So, yeah, let's do that for sure. Or Wendy Chu. <laughs> Wendy Chu would make more sense. At least she can go in the ring. At least she's not wrestling her second and third match in Imperium. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the most outlandish person humanly possible, and I think Tiffany Stratton was the one. I think it's Tiffany Stratton, even above like JC and Gigi, because they have the experience advantage. I think Tiffany Stratton would be the the dumbest possible person to put in Imperium. That's why I'm sure it will happen before Vengeance Day. <laughs> I would kill for it. I would kill for it. Uh, oh, all right. I, I okay. That's it. I'm starting the Tiffany Stratton Zaya stateside to Imperium campaign. <laughs> oh man! Please do not. <laughs> Please do not speak. See, this is why I need to run the analysis because <laughs> you get these outlandish remarks. Because uh, I have too much time to think about them as you talk. 
Speaking of outlandish remarks, uh, Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes introduce Ollie J, who performs the song Make Him Fall. Boris, do you want to speak about this one? Do Wait, you have any outlandish performing? remarks to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, she didn't look like, like she particularly wanted to be there. It wasn't the most inspired musical performance I've ever seen. But uh, also, it was it was not as bad as, say, uh, the live performance that Downstate gave of Cody Rhodes' theme. Like, this was not the top ten worst musical performance I've ever seen in wrestling. Fine, all things considered. I won't, yep. won't remember it tomorrow. Backstage, Tiffany Stratton, walking by, complains to her daddy about her loss. She runs into Wendy Chu, Boris, who says, don't feel bad. Everyone loses to EO. Good line. That popped me. Tiffany slaps the drink out of Wendy's hand, and Wendy whines because she's a lazy Gen Z millennial dirty young person. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. I love this so much. Oh, because really? You, have, you see, it's because you had <laughs> Wendy Chu and the future leader of Imperium. <laughs> Please drop this bit. I hate it so much. I genuinely hate it. Oh, man. This, when she was uh, complaining yeah, this... to daddy, when she said daddy, just imagine her saying, Gunther. <laughs> I will not. I will not imagine that. How dare you incept that idea into my brain? <laughs> All right, so yeah, it looks like we're getting Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu in the future, perhaps next week. God bless America. <laughs> Match number seven, <laughs> our main event, the North American title number one contenders match, Cameron Grimes to the moon versus Tony D'Angelo, A.O. A.O. Gabagool, to quote Boris. So, um, man, they raced through this one. Tony D didn't even get his entrance. Cameron Grimes, entrance was like 80% done when they came back from commercial crowd still loves Tony. Shockingly. I think he was getting a little more baby face love than Cameron Grimes in this match, proving once and for all that wrestling fans are fickle and idiotic. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, fickle for sure. Fickle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. Just go. <laughs> uh, yeah, Wait, uh, you think I'm laughing at what you said? I'm still laughing at, at the new Imperium. So keep going. Oh, this, is a, this is a very strong little uh, little wrestling match. Not the best in uh, Tony D'Angelo's career, even not the best in Cameron Grimes's career. Obviously, Grimes had a little bit of an uh, of an off night. He slipped off the top rope at one spot, but it's not like one blown spot and then like, oh, this guy sucks now, or this guy had a bad night. Like he just kind of seemed like a step slow. Maybe he was sick. Maybe he was tired. I'm not quite sure what was going on. This this match was still pretty good, though. Uh, all things considered, the finish coming when Pete Dunn runs in with a cricket bat, the bum paddle if you're an Arrested Development fan, and he hits uh, Tony D'Angelo in the hand with it. A couple people pointed out that maybe Tony didn't sell this so well, but he's young, he's new, he's figuring it out. I, uh, I'll forgive a rookie for missing a sell job here and there. But anyway, Cameron Grimes... Uh, capitalizes, hits Tony D with the cave-in, the double foot stomp in 11 minutes and 41 seconds to officially become the number one contender for the North American title, buddy. What'd you think of this one? I like this match. Like you said, it was a little uh, rough, you know, around the edges, but overall it was a pretty good match. I do like the fact that Tony D'Angelo didn't lose cleanly. So, you know, because wrestling fans are, you know, a loss equals a person getting buried nowadays, right? So I love the fact that he it wasn't a clean loss. Pete Dunn comes back. Love the fact that after Pete Dunn 
uh, knocks him in the hands. He just looks at the racket and does his shrug. There's something about that shrug that I absolutely yeah. love. When he's a baby face and he does the shrug, I love it because it, it comes across as cocky. I don't care about you. When he's a heel and he does the shrug, it really comes across like a child. We've, we've said that before. Yeah. Yeah, just something something like, yeah, something not doesn't quite land the same. But when he's a baby face, I love the shrug. I don't know what it is. It's such a weird little thing. But I, it lands so much better when he's baby face. Yep, agreed. So, yeah, we're going to go three Ollie J's out of five for this one. It was slightly disappointing, but still a good wrestling match. Better than average wrestling match, considering the wide breadth of pro wrestling that has occurred in the history of the world. Yeah, I agree so, final segment of this show, Braun Breaker is being interviewed outside of the building when Legado del Fantasma rolls up in a in a big SUV. Boris, I was worried for a second that they were going to do a Steve Austin gimmick here, but they were driving way too big a car to do that. They would actually kill a man if they tried to run him over in this thing. So, yep. they confront... They, uh, so Legado confronts Braun Breaker. Seems like they're going to beat him up three on one, but who should step up to his side but Tommaso Ciampa. So Breaker now has a partner next week, and it's his rival, Tommaso Ciampa. We're getting a three-on-two handicap match, provided that nobody else joins this team. Yep. So, yeah, strong NXT show. I actually really liked it. I thought it was pretty strong. There were some good wrestling matches. Nothing really disastrous. Uh, tip of the cap to the to the Rainbow brand this week, man. I thought they delivered. Agreed. Um, I thought they stood and delivered. How dare you? How dare you make those puns? <laughs> oh, right. man. Do you want to, we... uh, want me to park? Yeah, want me to park this car and you can jump into the red double-decker bus and drive NXT UK for us, homie? Hells yeah. All right, it is time to start talking about NXT UK, the single best hour of WWE TV each and every week, and this week did not disappoint whatsoever. In fact, like we said at the top of the show, this week's show probably featured at least one of the matches of the year that we're going to be talking about in December, and overall, this, this show is great. All right, man, I don't know what NXT UK has done, but these... Promos, pre-tapes, more theatrical and cinematic. They've been fantastic. Fabulous. Whoever is producing these videos or whatever group of people or team is producing these videos needs more recognition. NXT UK has delivered for the last couple months some of the best promos I've seen in years. Some of like that, that Amel thing. That still sticks with me as just like one of the most heartfelt and best promos I've seen in years. And they're so good at getting you invested in these characters. I care about Jordan Devlin now. They're so good at getting these uh, characters over. So, man, I can't say enough. I want them to get more recognition. I wish I knew exactly who to congratulate and who to, you know what I mean? I wish there was like a name or two. In the same way that we're so negative on Kevin Dunn or so negative on Bruce Pritchard, I'd like to be positive on a couple people's work, you know? But it's funny because, like, I feel like it's like the anonymous booker where no one wants yeah. to take responsibility because they'll be let go. <laughs> maybe. maybe. Maybe this is just this is what Triple H has been doing the past few months. <laughs> Could you imagine he didn't have a cardiac event at all? He just quietly sailed across the seas, Boris. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh man, no, but like honestly, like it's crazy that we know nothing about this brand. This brand is so separated from WWE stateside that I, number one, I love it because they're still allowed to do their own thing. But it's just, it's just, man, it's just these shows have been great. So let's get to it. Show starts off. We see clips of Sam Gradwell trying and constantly failing to find a mystery partner as he's facing pretty deadly. He's sent tweets to Steve Austin. Elon Musk and Paul McCartney. Gradwell also had to beat up Kenny Williams for laughing at him. Like I, I, I again, just the retelling, the highlighting. Because one thing that NXT UK recognizes, I think, is that there are people who don't watch it each and every week. So they do a fantastic job of recapping the main stories for that week's episode. Yes, but without like hitting you over the head with it and without doing it too much, it's a tight hour of TV still, but they do bring you up to speed. So, yeah, they, they tow that line in a very nice way. Yep. All right. So the first match was pretty deadly versus Sam Gradwell and Saxon Huxley. All right, man, yes, what did you think of this match? the berserker, the poor man's bruiser, Brody, Boris. Yep. yep. What did you think of this this was, a, you know, it was a solid match. Pretty deadly or very good. Sam Gradwell is okay. Saxon Huxley got a lot of in-ring time, it felt like, in this match. And he, I think, is the worst of the four. But he needs the time the most, right? He's just, he's very one-note, Saxon Huxley is, in the ring, at least. He is the berserker-type Pokemon. Yep. All right, so uh, Kenny Williams comes out for a distraction. Huxley is knocked off the apron. Williams runs him over on the floor, meaning there's no one for Gradwell to tag. Howley comes back in, and it's spilled milk to finish Gradwell off in 9 minutes and 20 seconds. So your winner's pretty deadly. Yes, spilled milk, if you've never seen it before, is similar to the heart attack, the heart foundation finisher, the heart attack clothesline, except it's a flying neck breaker, not a clothesline. So it's like a heart attack rude awakening situation. So, yeah, I thought this was an average WWE match, but, uh, you know, these things happen from time to time. Not every match on every NXT show is going to be blow away. It was still, uh, you know, nothing wrong with it. So we're going to go two supernovas out of five for this one, buddy. Yep. All right. Ginny doesn't see hope when she looks at Amala, but she sees pity. The two of them are very different people because Ginny doesn't exploit her past to get the fans to cheer for her. The fans are just like Amal. Nothing. Now Amal wants to get famous off of Ginny, and that's not happening. Some would say she ain't having any of that. Yes, I would say so. I think you nailed it, buddy. Good promo from Ginny. Not as good as Amel's amazing promo, but it was a nice little retort, nice little rebuttal. Like, oh, yeah, you think you're so great. You think you're the hope. You're nothing. Like, I do the same things. I just don't brag about it. I'm just not trying to get sympathy for it. So good healing. Good healing by the real future queen of Imperium, Ginny. Right. Um, what I really enjoy the most... <laughs> What I really enjoyed the most about this, and this is something that you don't see a lot in NXT stateside or main roster, and that's, you know, the recognition that, you know, your opponent, the person you're feuding with is watching your promos. I love yeah. the fact that they reference Amal's promos. It's a really good call. It's a very good point. You don't see that too often. I like it because there yeah. is a there is a television show. You should be watching the show. You should be scouting your competition. Exactly. All right, so we get a D Familia and Gallus promo as they are going to fight next week. I think that is going to be a slobber knocker, as JR would yes. say. Yes. 
Trios match, six-man tag. Hook it to me, veins, buddy. All right, Blair Davenport unlocks a gate at what appears to be her family estate. She is the latest in a long line of Davenports, and everyone who isn't one of them is an enemy. You can hate and reject her all you want, as long as you fear her. Michael Setamora should fear her, because it is time for Davenport to show how she can be. Good work here from Blair Davenport. The most we've ever really found out about her character, the most we've ever really found out about her heritage and history. I thought this was perfectly fine. Good stuff. I don't think yep. she's like a particularly great promo, but this was really well done. Yeah. I'm just glad we didn't see, you know, her next door neighbor, James, or something like that. You remember those promos? <laughs> I actually no, I actually have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> The Raven promos when he went back home when we found out that he's like some rich spoiled kid and James oh, yeah. was his next door neighbor, aka the Sandman. <laughs> oh yeah, and then Hardcore Hack showed up in WCW. My God. Yep. All right. The next match, some chump named Emilia McKenzie versus Isla Dawn. <laughs> Boris, your girl, Isla Dawn, redhead goth of NXT UK. I thought this was actually a pretty strong match for what it was. The uh, They beat the heck out of each other. For as short as it was, right? Like, it was only 5 minutes, 30 seconds-ish. Um, yeah, so Isla Dawn gives Mackenzie a hell of a spear. Uh, she sends Dawn outside for her big suicide dive. Uh, they were back in the ring. Uh, Mackenzie does a crossbody, but she misses. This gives Dawn time to hit the fireman's carry, spun into a side slam for the pin and the win. Uh, what would you call this move? The fireman's carry spinning side slam? Yeah, I think it's, uh, didn't Victoria used to use this move? As, Something like uh, that, yeah. yeah. It's, like a, it's like a torture rack spun out into the old Dino Bravo sidewalk slam. So, uh, yeah, I think Victoria used to use this move as well. Yep. After the match, Isla Dawn gives Mackenzie her watch back, uh, leaving Mackenzie, some would say, perplexed. <laughs> I think, again, Boris, I think you nailed it, buddy. So, yeah, this was a strong match. We're going to go three supernovas out of five. And the thing I really appreciate about Isla Dawn's character is she's not doing magic. She's not doing spooky Undertaker. She's not like a she's not like a, a magical zombie or the fiend or anything just absolutely ridiculous. She's just creepy. She's just doing creepy things. She's a goth. She's not a wizard. Yeah. I kind of like that, right? I kind of like the more grounded, down-to-earth characters for NXT UK. To me, it just uh, I like those a little more. I was going to make a joke about her putting a spell on me, but that was low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah, we don't have to do that, although you did definitely just do that. See how I did it? Without <laughs> doing it. It's pretty clever, buddy. <laughs> much, no, no, I'm not going to, I was going to, oh, I'll say it anyways. Much like my love life, doing it without doing it. Anyways, Amali, <laughs> Amal doesn't think much of Ginny and suggests that Ginny just bring it. This feud, I honestly think, might be one of the best feuds of this year so far. They're building it really well. It's like it's, you know, they're letting it uh, marinate and percolate, but uh, you're feeling some real hatred between these two characters. I agree. It's one of the best WWE feuds this year. Low bar to clear, but they've cleared it. Yep. All right. We get a video on Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin with Dragunov being very angry over everything Devlin has said because that's wrestling. Devlin wants the title. Dragunov wants revenge. So next week, it's an empty arena title match. 
Yeah. So we're going to get probably a little cinematic thing, a little pre-tape thing. Um, it's a good, it's a good choice for their first match. It's fine. If they do it correctly, it should really want, make people want to see the rematch. So uh, a solid idea on paper. Let's see how it comes across. Exactly. All right. So then it is time for the main event, the heritage cup championship, a kid versus Noam Dar. This match was awesome. So, so good. A-Kid, one of the most underrated wrestlers in all of professional wrestling, does not get nearly the credit he deserves. Noam Dar, you could say the same thing, although he's more famous, he's more popular. He's gotten some WWE main roster time. People remember Alicia Fox. They remember Noam Dar to some extent. A-Kid is is incredible in the ring. Yeah, exactly. All right, so, oh, man, this match was just so good. So, all right. Let's go. Want to go round by round? Yeah, let's just go round by round through this thing. All right. So the first round. So again, let's remind people: six rounds, uh, best of two win, time limit draw are a thing. All right. So first round, they're feeling each other out. They're going back and forth a lot. A kid applies a front face lock. Kid avoids the palm strike as time expires. So they kind of just like, like I said, they're kind of feeling each other out. Pretty slow start to this match, but as the round went on you know that you start seeing a little more action but again the first round the feeling out absolutely i do appreciate like the execution the excellence of execution as it were in a kid all of his submission attempts look real they look like they hurt when he goes for a pin attempt he looks like he's really trying to win the match and hold the guy down his guillotine that he threw on here in the first round was like ufc like a real the, the full technique, like, he knows exactly what he's doing. This is a student of the game, of, of multiple pursuits, clearly. Exactly. And, and you know, the presentation of these Heritage Cup matches are, is similar to the pure rules matches from ROH. You know, like, it's just, it's wrestling, but it's different. And that's what I love about it. Like, it just seems more real, seems more grounded, seems more legit, seems tougher, seems like they're out there to kick each other's ass and just be a good technical wrestler. Absolutely. It's something as small as putting, like, the names in the bottom, like a sporting event, that makes it seem more like sports. It's the sports presentation of sports entertainment. Yep. The second round, similar to the first, but again, like, things are heating up a little more. There's a couple rope breaks. Uh, you get a lot of submission attempts in this round. You know, they're they're trying to do something here, but they're looking for that early submission. Uh, Noam Dar puts Kid on the top ropes. Kid sends Dar tumbling to the floor as time expired to end the second round. So we are still zero to zero. Yeah, I really like this. Uh, so Noam Dar was getting the best of A-Kid. He put him on the, uh, crotched him on the top rope, as it were, and went for a running knee bomb, missed the knee bomb, tumbled all the way to the uh, to the outside, and then A-Kid did Noam Dar's taunt back to him, gave him the double bird, not the actual double middle finger, the double pinky finger, the Noam Dar salute. So yeah, I, I really like that, and they're, they're back at square one after two rounds. Right, in the third round, so I love this round so much because A-Kid, um, you know, it's, they both said kind of, all right, let's get to it. So this, you know, they start doing their kickboxing. A-Kid blocks a boot from Dar. Dar does a forearm smash. Kid, uh, he kicks Dar into the turnbuckles. Dar launches him over. 
So they're trying to fight each other, but they're still trying to outsmart each other. Noam Dar connects with the Nova Roller to get the first pinfall of the match. Yes. So the first two rounds were a feeling out process. They were that scientific technical wrestling, which ended with a with a pretty spectacular high spot, that crotch uh, followed by the knee bomb miss tumble outside thing that Noam Dar did. Round three was a 90-second sprint. Just these guys going a mile a minute, just having an awesome little match. I loved Noam Dar going for the Randy Orton DDT. The ref breaks it up because it's not allowed. There are rules here in this Heritage Cup. So Noam Dar drops him and just boots this man in the face. Just kicks a kid right in the absolute mush. It was it was an incredible spot. Looked brutal. He may have he may have kicked him in the chest and had done a wrestling thing, but just you know what I mean. The move was incredible. Very well done. And yeah, Noam Dar wins round three to take the first fall with a Nova Roller. This was awesome, yep. man. I, I, at this point, I'm fired up for this match, buddy. Exactly. And you know the fifth or the fourth round. Sorry. Uh, you know, Dar just comes guns a blazing again. He gets the ankle pick. Uh, Kid uses his feet to create separation. Uh, at one point, Dar drops Kid with a big foot. Dar is using the middle rope for leverage during a submission, but the referee catches him and he tells him to quit it. Uh, Dar is arguing with the referee. Uh, Kid tries to get a sneaky pin, which I thought was going to work, but it doesn't. Tons more fighting. Kid knows he's got to get the pin in this round. Shaw Samuels tries to run interference. This backfires. A-Kid ties things up after a satellite DDT. Oh, my God, this DDT. So we should also point out, too, that last week, uh, Shaw Samuels and Noam were taking bets on the match, and Shaw Samuels bet that Noam would win the match in round four. So he was very yes. fired up that that was mathematically possible. Noam Dyer needed to win this match in this round, so Shaw Samuels, the manager, would have gotten paid. So that was a bit of fun. Added some small amount of stakes to this wrestling match. But yeah, the finish here, buddy. So Shaw Samuels interferes. Uh, A-Kid on the outside. He gets thrown back in the ring, basically, and does a springboard moonsault DDT over top of the referee onto Noam Dar. So this was, if you can remember, Halloween Havoc 1997, Boris. Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. This was the Rey Mysterio backflip DDT, the one that blew Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone's mind, the thing that they'd never seen that before in a wrestling match. I think this was the best moonsault DDT I've seen since the original moonsault DDT. You've seen this move tried a lot. It's never hit clean because it's such an incredibly hard thing to do. But A-Kid just bam, bam, stepped up, pulled that off. Not only is A-Kid an incredible technical wrestler, that was one of the most impressive high-flying spots I've seen in years. In years, buddy. That was so clean. So well done. Yep, the Spanish sensation from Madrid. There's something about this A-Kid. Um, He's so we'll good, about man. This. He's so yeah, we'll talk good. About this He's after so the match. slept on. Yeah, 100%. He's 100% slept on. But we'll talk more about that at the end of the match. So we're going into round five. Things are tied one-to-one. -one. Uh, Noam Dar dodges a running enziguri. Dar kicks out the legs of Kid. Dar ascends into the top tumbuckle. Uh, he does a step-up enziguri. Um, they're going back and forth a lot. There's a beautiful release German suplex that A-Kid does in this, in this round. Like... A-Kid makes everything look so flawless. Every single thing he does looks great. Like, not just good, like, great, I'm telling you. Yeah, um, and then Dard as well, because Dard does a beautiful 
up kick, and then he applies the omoplata, which was awesome to see. You don't see this every day. Kid rolls Dar over for a two count. Dar avoids the roundhouse kick. Dar then goes for the champagne super knee bar, uh, but uh, he transitions this into a rear naked choke. Kid floats over into the lateral press for a two count. Then Kid applies the sleeper hold. He blasts Dar with the PK as time expires. So a kid is trying so hard to get the advantage, to get the pin, but the time constantly expires. And Noam Dar yes. is kind of playing defense at this point. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Basically, Noam Dar was saved by the bell here. It wasn't, I don't think he officially got a pinfall on A Kid, but this looked like he could have gotten the three. That was the vibe that they were going for. So, yeah, A Kid has all the momentum going into round six, the final round. Yep, and things start off with a bang as both of them give each other a double forearm. A-Kid does La Magistrale for a two count. Just like these moves, like at this point, they're just putting out all the stops. Um, beautiful heel hook from A-Kid. Uh, they start doing back and forth and exchanging palm strikes. Dar grabs the bottom rope, which forces the break. A-Kid kicks Dark. Dar in the back. Um, there's more uh, uh, back and forth smashes. They're all both trying to find submission moves. Um, a kid connects with the flying super kick for a two count. A kick. A kid delivered his combination offense. Uh, Dar kicks the left knee of Kid. Noam Dar with the spinning back fist for a two count. And then as time is running out, A kid applies the uh, omoplata yet again. But time expires so we are left to a time limit draw so you're still nxt uk heritage cup champion noam dar yes sir so man awesome final fall here dude that uh i believe it was like a judas effect it was a spinning back elbow yeah. the best judas effect of chris jericho's career noam dar just hit in this match it was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal looked like it killed a kid dead in the middle of the ring but yeah so officially noam dar saved by the bell unofficially saved by the bell in the last two rounds so it's yeah. looking like we're gonna get a future match between these two just a great wrestling match here buddy just great 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 easily the best thing on the podcast today Oh, easily, easily, easily. Like, check this match out. You know, even if these type of matches aren't your cup of tea, they do a lot of great wrestling in this match that'll kind of, you know, make you a pump for this match. Let's talk about A-Kid a little bit. Last year, 2021, seemed to be the year of Ilya Dragunov. I believe yes. 2022 will be the year of A-Kid. Man, great call. Uh, early shout for breakout performer of 2022, at least in WWE. He is so good. There's really, I, I actually, he's he's not much of a promo, but I like his understated, soft-spoken babyface character. It's unique, at least. He's a face. He's a face's face. Dude, how many times have we said, it is so hard to find natural faces. You have someone here who's going to keep his young boyish looks, his happy-go-lucky looks, right? This is a guy yeah. that's face through and through. I'm I'm telling you, like, I would have him on the main roster and in a pretty high role. I think he's that talented. I'm not saying he's as good as Daniel Bryan, but he could be like a poor man's Daniel Bryan. I don't know if he can get the people behind him to that degree, but he can have some really good wrestling matches with almost anyone on that roster, I'm sure. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Like, this, this kid, 
pun totally intended, is something to look for this year. Absolutely. A-Kid and Noam Dar, tip of the cap to you lads. We're going to go four and a quarter supernovas for that one, buddy. It's an incredible wrestling match. Match of the year contender for sure. We'll probably be talking about it again on the top 122 of 2022 on December 31st. Yeah. You know, and and, and I don't want to take anything away from Noam Dar. I think that he gets totally underlooked in NXT UK. Yeah, he, well, people forget how good he he is, was, and is. And, like we said earlier, he's got the mic skills. It is criminal. We say Cameron Grimes needs to be on the main roster. Noam Dar needs to be in the main on the main roster ASAP. Yeah, the only thing that's working against him is size, as per usual. That's, that's exactly what it is. But that's not going to change as long as Vince McMahon is there, so... We're blessed to have him on NXT UK. I'm glad to watch his work every week. He's fabulous. Oh, 100%. Like, this kid, these kids, like, it's just so freaking good. I'm so happy that uh, we get to watch him each and every week. But, Matt, what do we have to look forward to on NXT shows next week? Yes, so NXT uh, UK, which is coming on the 27th of January, just a, a couple days from now, we have the empty arena match for the UK title, Dragunov versus Devlin, and we also have the six-man tag, the trios match, Gallus versus Familia. so that's going to be really good. And uh, on NXT stateside next week, Boris, we have, of course, your boys Legato, 3v2 handicap match versus Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa. It's going to be a ton of fun. We are also probably going to get Tiffany Stratton versus Wendy Chu. Hurrah. Yep. Yep. Let the future of Imperium have a great match next week. (laughs) Is Jenny wrestling? I didn't realize that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So tomorrow on BAM, we have a pretty good show. Yeah, we got, uh, we're going to do a, a little bit about the Baseball Hall of Fame, how it's criminal that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens aren't in. Actually, we don't have to do it. I think we just did it. Uh, we're going to talk about some NFL. We're going to talk about uh, Canada's upcoming CONCACAF slate. And then in wrestling talk, we got the Royal Rumble to preview real quick. We also got GCW. We're going to talk about that. And I think we're going to talk about Impact, too, because Impact has been killing it lately. Impact has indeed been killing it and the gcw chat may include some very very hot takes to the crowd that listens to bam yeah so if you love gcw you might want to cut us with some pizza cutters after that review maybe skip the gcw review but hey you know it's okay for us to disagree we're all wrestling fans and uh, it'll be i think we'll make the gcw review fun even if you're a diehard fan hopefully you'll be able to get something out of it look i didn't hate the show but we're going to talk about some serious <laughs> things about GCW and indie wrestling in general. Anywho, that's tomorrow on BAM. On Friday, the old fucks are back as they review all things AEW Dynamite. Then on Saturday, you're going to get not one but two shows. First off, your Smack Daddy's going to be chatting all things SmackDown. And then the dark side of the elite are back as they discuss Rampage on their Rampage rollout. Then Saturday night, dude, we have a live show, a live after party. If you're listening to this show, you're going to be getting a link on your patron email, email, and it'll give you the link to the Zoom. You'll be able to participate, tell someone about it, uh, get the word out there, because if you're not a patron, you will be able to listen to the show on YouTube, but you can't participate unless you are a patron. So patrons, spread the word. 
Then on Sunday, we are back with the main show. Mike McGuire is back. We're going to be chatting all things the fallout of Royal Rumble as we kick off the road to WrestleMania. And then the week begins yet again. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have some stories coming out of Royal Rumble, some surprises. It'll be great to have Dave Meltzer on on Sunday to discuss those fun things. Yeah, man, I'm excited. One down, you know, three or four to go for us. Yeah, man. Now, I'm also excited because Jason's going to be with us on Saturday. So hopefully he's going to be feeling okay for Saturday. If you haven't listened to the Midweek Markup, listen to that because he has a story for you. And me even summarizing the story won't do that story justice. So go and listen to the Midweek Markup. But it's going to be awesome to chat Royal Rumble with Jason because it is Jason's favorite show of the year. So that's something to look really forward to for those people who kind of miss him. But uh, yeah, man, I think it is time for us to go to relax, to watch some more wrestling, to do what it is, whatever we do. For me, I am going to be planning Tiffany Stratton as the future of Imperium. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Goodbye. Boris, you motherfucking mutt. Keep him here. Keep Boris here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>